Welcome to the Landmark Church Weekly Podcast. Fear. We're all afraid of it. And there are things in relationship to this fear that you and I have to recognize. That if you trust in God and let Him be your guide and strength, you won't have that fear. And your fear is in relationship to your trust. As your faith in God gets stronger, your fear dissipates. And as your faith in God gets weaker, your fear arises. You want to have fear dissipated and removed? Then you rise up and hold up the name of the living God and look to Him to undertake for you, and He will. It's our faith that brings victory. It's our faith that casts out fear and enables us to put our trust in the blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will worship the man of Galilee who went to a cross 2,000 years ago. And no one can take his place. No one will intercede or interfere. We will not permit it. So it is we have faith without fear. Amen. Good morning, Landmark Church. Good to see you this morning. How's everybody? Come on, let's do that again. Three of you are doing good. How are you this morning? Amen. So good to see you. Hey, I want you to help me celebrate one person giving their heart to the Lord in the first service and in a powerful time of an altar ministry at the end. Would you just give the Lord some praise for that this morning? We take it for granted. I've been, the last two weeks, I've been able to be around a lot of pastors, and uh, we take for granted sometimes what God is doing here to see souls saved. There's churches that they go years without one person ever receiving Christ, and the fact that we have people on a weekly basis that are receiving Jesus, I am just thankful for all that God is doing at Landmark Church, and I never want to take it for granted. Amen? Amen. A couple of announcements real quick. Um, as you can see, this week is National Day of Prayer. It's already been on the announcements up there, but you're, you can join us down downtown at Purcell at the Caboose um, at noon, and it'll be just a, a time of prayer. It'll just last probably 15-20 minutes, but other pastors, First Baptist Pastor, Memorial Assembly of God, and some others are going to be joining us to pray, and we'll be praying uh, over our, our state and over our nation and different things like that. So you're welcome to join us. And then next Sunday um, is Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is typically our second largest attended Sunday. We have a lot of things planned. We want you to invite uh, your mamas, grandmamas, whoever. I'm from the South, so we say grandmamas, and however else you want to invite. Um, we have some things planned. We've got a gift for every woman that comes. It's going to be great. We've got some refreshments out there. And then also, we were trying to find something that rhymed with mamas. So next week, you're going to be able to take some pictures with some llamas that are going to be here. So llamas with your mamas next Sunday. I'm serious. That is. It's funny, but we're going to have llamas with your mamas. So uh, invite people out next Sunday in between services. We're going to be able to take some photos. Just have a great time. Plus, the most important thing, powerful time of worship and the Word of God. Amen. One more thing I want to announce to you. We are excited about the summer. We are taking a group uh, to Haiti, and we're excited about going. And we're going to be doing several things. We're going to be working with teachers there and working with students and, I mean, with the, with the children. But also one of the things we're going to be doing is finishing an orphanage or helping uh, complete part of an orphanage. And so to do that, we're, we're raising some money for that. To do that, it's going to cost us about $8,000 uh, to do all that we want to do while we're there. So we have somebody who has said, I'll give, I will match whatever you raise up to $4,000 
$4,000, so half of it. So we want to raise another $4,000. So if you say, I want to give toward that, I want, I want to help make that happen, I just believe by faith it's going to happen very quickly. And so we're excited about that. And so if you would like to give toward that, you can do that in the offering at the end. You can do it the next few weeks. Uh, but you say, I want to be a part of that. We're excited. So help us raise the money. We're going to be able to go represent Christ, make a place for these kids to be able to live. And I'm excited about being able to do that. Amen? Amen. Thank you for your generosity. we got generous people, and uh, I know that's going to happen very quickly. Amen. Won't you stand this morning? Let's honor the reading of God's Word. We are completing our series today on faith over fear. This morning, I want to give you, you ever watched a movie or seen something, they have kind of a, a warning ahead of time? My sermon is different this morning, and I know it. I understand that. Um, I usually like to tell a lot of stories and kind of involve, but today I just really want to share my heart and share some scriptures with you, some things that I've seen in scripture, and uh, just stick with me this morning, because I'm telling you, really what I'm gearing us up for is the end today, because this morning we saw people in the first service come down and really just release some things to the Lord and and cry out to God, and some chains fall off, and I believe the same thing is going to happen at the end of this service this morning and uh, I just want to get you to a place where you're not living in with fear but instead you're walking in faith amen Deuteronomy chapter 20 let's start with verse 1 when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you do not be afraid of them for the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt so it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint, do not be afraid, and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Skip down to verse 8, please. The officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Father, we thank you for your word today. That your word is powerful, alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I just pray right now as your word opens us up, may we be honest today about where we're at. And may we walk out of here free set totally free from everything that is holding us back. We just give you this time together. We pray for a special anointing. We ask all these things in the mighty and the precious and the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And all God's people together said, amen. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you and I'm trying, and you may be seated. How many of you know this little device right here, we'll walk around a little bit this morning, has changed our world? I was trying to look up this week when this was invented, 1992 it said, but I I didn't remember having one of these. I had the old flip phones, the Nokia, that you could hang up violently and feel like you'd really told somebody off. You know what I mean? Pow, I got you. They weren't even on the other line, but it just felt good hanging up that way. 
These things right here are a blessing in some ways. I've had to travel the last couple weeks. Glad to be home and not doing that for a while. But uh, this last week, I, the hotel I stayed at did not have an airport shuttle. So I was able to get on here and get a lift ride to the airport. Still weird. I'm, 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 I know I'm younger, but it's still weird getting in somebody else's vehicle that you don't know, praying and they hope they're taking me where they say they're taking me. And uh, I was able to look at some restaurants, didn't have a vehicle, so I had to walk some places. So I wanted to look at the menu before I went walking and got there and didn't like the food. So I was able to do that. One night, I didn't feel well. The last night, I was dealing with sinus junk, and so I decided to stay in bed. And I was able to get some food delivered to the hotel so I could still eat dinner. I have priorities even when I'm sick. You understand that? And this thing can be a blessing at times. But it can also be a hindrance at times. It can be a, a bother at times. I miss the days. I've told my wife many times, I miss the days where you didn't know what was going on until you got home or you got to the office and then they told you everything you're supposed to know when you got there. It was nice just riding in the car, not having all the things. Because here's the thing, our brain was not designed to receive all the information it receives right now. Whether you know this or not, you have the age we live in, we have 24-hour news coming toward us. Used to, you read the newspaper, and you would only read a few headlines, and that was it. You would know a few things that were going on now. 24-7, you have news being pumped towards you. And the people, I've told you this even recently in this sermon series, the people behind that understand it's called clickbait, and they're going to give you the worst thing in that, in that headline, so you will click on it. And the truth is, when you click on it, it's usually not even anything about the... I go back many times and read the headline and say, what in the world are they talking about? It's not because they're trying to bait you to read it. And all of a sudden, you begin to read all these things and your brain is processing all of that. Then you're on social media and you're processing, processing everybody else's life and you're looking and you know what I ate for dinner last night because if I don't show you, then I really didn't eat dinner last night. So you know what everybody's eating, what everybody's doing, and all of these things are coming toward us at one time. And because of that, we are literally the most medicated in the society we have ever been because we have so much stuff that is consuming us, and we have anxiety and fear that we live with, and all these things are coming to us at one time, and we live with fear and worry and what's going on. And this happened to so-and-so a thousand miles away. It may happen to me because we have all this stuff flooding to us at one time. God is telling Israel, you're about to go to battle. Deuteronomy 20, God is preparing Israel for battle. You're about to go to battle. You're about to have to fight. And I want to prepare you ahead of time because something's going to happen. Look again at Deuteronomy 20 and verse 1. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Deuteronomy 21, when you go into battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you. In other words, Israel, you're going to see, when you go into battle, you're going to see more people that are against you. You're going to have more people on their side than your side. And you are going to naturally have a tendency to do something. What is that? To be afraid. You're going to naturally be worried. You're going to naturally have fear. You're going to naturally have some anxiety. And so because of that, I want to tell you ahead of time, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. Fear is not something new. Yesterday morning I woke up, and I just this doesn't happen all the time, but I, I woke up about 6.30, and, and usually I kind of lay there until Benjamin wakes up and rests a little bit. But I just thought the Lord said, come spend time with me. So I get up out of bed and go in the living room, and I had to make coffee because I can't talk to the Lord unless I have some caffeine in my system, you understand? And so I just began to open up my Bible and pray, and I opened Isaiah, and as I'm reading the passage, the word fear came out. And I didn't know if maybe the Lord was trying to get me to change my message and what was going on, but I felt like the Lord was just telling me this. I just want you to know something. Fear 
is nothing new. Fear has been around since the beginning of time. Fear is something I've been dealing with with people for a long time. I've been trying to get fear out of my people. Even in the Old Testament, I'm talking about fear because I want you to see fear is not something new. And here's the thing you need to realize today. God wants you to be delivered from anxiety and fear more than you want to be delivered from anxiety and fear because God loves you and he wants nothing that holds you back from what God has for you and if we're not careful you know what the biggest problem with us with anxiety and fear it's not our situation many times it is us we are our biggest enemy we are the one that have the biggest problem the bible says in numbers 20 i love this i've never seen it this way until recently numbers 20 there was 12 spies that went out two came back with a good report joshua and caleb 10 came back with a negative report and here's what they said i was always taught they said this that we saw the giants in the land and that we were as grasshoppers in their sight. It does say that, but that's not what it says first. Here's what it says first. We were grasshoppers in our own sight, and they saw us the same way. I don't believe that the giants saw them as grasshoppers. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Joshua that when they got to Jericho, that the people of Jericho were so scared of them because they had heard what God had done. God took Israel. I mean, he took about a million people, and he took them out of the greatest nation in the world at that time, Egypt, that had all the money, had all the power, and God marched his people out of Egypt, taking the spoils of Egypt with them, and he brought them out on dry land, and everybody around them was scared. But Israel, in their own eyes saw themselves as grasshoppers and they assumed everybody else saw them as they saw themselves and because of that they did not want to go into the promised land. Do you realize sometimes we project on other people what we feel about ourselves? Well, you think I'm lousy. No, I don't. You think yourself as yourself is lousy and you think I see you that way. Well, you look at me and you see all the things I've done. No, I've not seen any of those things. Matter of fact, I don't even know what you've done. But you see yourself in all that you've done and you assume everybody else thinks like you. And the truth is, if we're not careful, we will project on ourselves, what we will project on other people, what we think about ourselves. And the children of Israel did not go into the promised land because they thought everybody saw them as grasshoppers. And the truth is, I believe people did not see them as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. And because of that, they did not go into the promised land. That's why vision is so important. The Bible says, without a vision, my people perish. It's not just about a vision for a church. I believe in that. I believe part of my job is leading us with a vision to reach our community, to make a difference and do all these things. But you need a vision for your life and where God is taking you. And you need to be able to see yourself clearly as God sees you. Because until you see yourself as God sees you, you will never be able to accomplish what God has for you and take the territory that God wants you to accomplish and take. Amen? Until you have the right vision and can see yourself and realize that I look at myself as nothing, but God doesn't see me as nothing. I think other people see me as nothing because I see myself as nothing, but the truth is, according to God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And when you begin to see yourself that way, then all of a sudden you realize I can do everything he's called me to do. I look at myself and I think everybody sees all these problems, but the truth is I know that I, who I am in Christ and I have the right vision, then I can see properly and clearly. Amen? 
So the problem is, is we've got to begin to realize that doubt and fear and worry and anxiety, all those things exist in our life to try to hold us back from everything God has for us. They try to hold us back because fear and doubt and worry want to get to your life to the place to where you realize, I can't do these things because of what's going to happen. Any overthinkers in the room? Anybody besides myself? I'm an overthinker. Listen, I, I, whenever I, I, when I was growing up, I, you know, I get called to the principal's office every once in a while, and I really never got in trouble. Never, but I, every time if, when I was walking, I, had it, I, mean, I was going to get a spanking before I left. Then I was going to go home, and my, my rule was if I got spanking at school, I got a spanking at home. So I'm already worried about the spanking at home, and my, my, my pants are already hurting on fire from the two spankings I want to get. And I walk in the principal's office, and they say, sit down, we want to give you something, or somebody's here. I mean, it wasn't no, no problem, but in my mind. I've had people call and say, Pastor, can I meet with you? And before it was over, I thought they were leaving the church mad at me, hated at me, and they were giving me a $1,000 check, but I didn't have any idea. Because I can overthink things. And I can have all these things set up in my mind that are not true. And if we're not careful, we do that so much with our life. And we begin to think all these things that aren't real. And God says, I want you to begin to think the right things. I have good things in store for you. But you are allowing anxiety and fear to hold you back. You are allowing these things to hold you back from what I have for you. And what God was telling Israel is, I want to prepare you for battle. And here's the thing about it. Fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. I could do an experiment this morning, and I promise you, you can watch fear. It's like a wave in a baseball game. It would just begin to go all across the room. You ever had something happen maybe in a room, and people are wondering what's going on? And, I mean, people are whispering to each other, I think this is happening. I think that's happening. And everybody is fearful, and everybody's scared, and everybody's worried. And before you over, all this stuff is taken over, and it's not true. Fear can be contagious. I've seen fear. There's a story I've told many times about a, 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 something happened in London during the war. They were going to drop bombs. But before they did, their people were running. They heard sirens. They go run. Not one bomb was dropped and 133 people died because they were trampled on because people allowed fear to be contagious in their life. But here's the thing about it. Just like fear is contagious, I believe faith is contagious. And I believe this, you can get people around you that are negative and they worry all the time and all they're doing is saying negative things and you become like that. Or you can allow faith. And I've watched in the same kind of rooms when God began to do miracles. And I've watched in the same kind of room when somebody that they've been praying for for years walked forward and went to an altar and began to weep and give their heart to the Lord. And all of a sudden faith began to rise in every section. I've seen God do the miraculous. And as he did, faith began to rise in people's hearts the Bible says we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But listen, you don't just overcome him by the word of your testimony. When you give your testimony, it helps me overcome him as well because I am pulling faith from what you are saying and I'm realizing God did it for you. He can do it for me. And all of a sudden, faith becomes contagious in a room because I begin to realize that God, the same God that did it for you, can do it for me. Amen? It's funny. Look at Deuteronomy 28 again. Look at what God says. If you're fearful... Go home. Get out of here. He's not saying, I'm going to be mad at you and hate you. He says, get out of here. Why? Because those around you may faint like you do. Because fear is contagious. But when you begin to realize that God is at work in your situation, and you begin to realize God has good things in store for you. The Bible says in Mark that when they lowered the man out of the roof, Jesus saw their faith, and he said, your sins are forgiven. Didn't say he saw the man's faith. 
He saw their faith. And there are times in my life, don't tell me it doesn't matter who you hang out with. Don't tell me it doesn't matter who you surround yourself with. You show me your friends and I will show you your future. I promise you that. Because who you surround yourself with is where you are going and the direction you are going. If you want to do the right thing, I don't mean this bad because I need to lose some weight myself. If you want to lose weight, don't go hang out with people that go to buffets every single day. Okay, you understand that? Because it's probably not going to happen. If you want to get out of debt, don't go around broke jokers all the time that are always wasting their money and spending everything. If you want things in your life, get around people that are going the right direction. And when you begin to realize, I need people in my life that are pulling me the right way. I need some faith-filled people. If I'm full of fear and insecurity and doubt, I need some people that have some faith that are going to pull me along on the days I can't make it. They're going to say, let's do this thing together. And their faith is going to come along and be contagious. And my faith is going to rise because I realize we're in this thing together and our faith is at work together. Amen. So faith has got to be contagious. So how do we deal with fear? Three things. The Bible says this in the book of Psalms. Psalms 139. David prays this prayer. Search me and know me. Search me and know me. Try me and know my anxieties. Listen, just stick with me this morning. I'm not a psychologist, but I can tell you this. Behind every anxiety you have in your life is a deep-seated fear that is there. And here's what happens to us. We have things that happen to us in our life. We have traumas, traumatic experiences, and we push those things down. And we try to act like those things didn't happen, and we hide them in caves in our heart, and we act like none of that thing matters. And you know those things can fester and boil up, and they can come out at the most embarrassing times. They can. They can, they can show up in times that we, we, we would rather not. I mean, embarrassing places, those things can begin to show up in our life. And what David is saying is, Lord, search me. Search every part of my soul. Search every hill that is there, every hollow that is there. Look deep inside of me, God, and find out what I'm anxious about. Because until you're willing to deal with the anxieties, you can never fully get delivered of all the fears. You have to be willing to deal with what is going on. As long as you're in denial, you will never find total freedom but whenever you are willing to God for God to search you and say God look in my life find those areas that are not like you search me find those areas full of anxiety let's pull those things out and you say God I don't want to deal with that that's painful and God says this listen I really feel this way you can live with it for 10 years of denying it or if you give God 10 days maybe it'll take a little longer 10 weeks but you're willing to go through a process of getting those things out you will be free, and you can live the rest of those 10 years free of those deep things that you've been holding on to for so long. Search me, O God, and know my anxieties. And then in Psalms 34, David says this, I sought the Lord. Notice what he said first, search me. And then he said, I sought. So when we allow God to search us, we get, we, he, he comes and he shows us all these things. But then, to get rid of those things, we have to continue to seek him. It's an ongoing thing. We call it sanctification. God is trying to sanctify you. He's trying to pull all those things out of your life that are not like him. All those deep things because he wants you to be free. And when you're free, then you can lead others into the freedom that you have experienced. And so David said, not only did, did God seek me and sought me, but now I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. I got rid of my anxiety. He got, he got to 
the bottom of my anxiety. Now I sought after him. Lord, why am I scared of this? God, why do I have anxiety in this area of my life? What is wrong? What is it that has caused this? What has caused me to be scared of saying anything to people or, or opening up? What has caused me to be scared of all these different things? And then God brings it to your attention and you deal with it and then you seek after him and as you seek after him, he delivers you from all. I love the word all, okay? All means there's nothing else. He delivers me from all my fears. He delivers me from all the anxiety, all those things that are holding me back. God will deliver you, but you've got to let him seek you and search you and then you've got to seek after him and as you seek after him, he will deliver you from all of your fears, amen? And then thirdly, I believe this, you've got to allow perfect love to cast out all fear. Perfect love. John says it this way, that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. God's perfect love and fear cannot coexist together. And when you accept the perfect love of God over your heart, when you realize you have a God from the very beginning of time has wanted a relationship with you and he loves you. He loves you. No matter what you've done, where you've been, he loves you. And when you accept the perfect love of God, then all of a sudden what happens? That fear begins to go because they can't coexist in the same space. So now I'm accepting God's perfect love over me. And as I accept that love, listen to me. Here's the problem. Here's the bill of goods we've been lied to and the lie we've been sold. That all that matters is you need to accept God's love. This podcast is now over. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future messages.